2: The Morley Van Camp and Robin show. I'm Jeremy Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins off today. He'll be back on Monday. Um the new jobs
3: report out, David. Oh yeah, Bidenomics, right? Everything is going great, right? From the bottom up to the middle out. That's what he's saying. That's what Joe was saying, right? Most jobs ever created, even though that's a lie. Uh the United States uh new job report added two hundred and nine thousand jobs in June. Uh, which means, again, the unemployment rate is low, but that misses the expectations, which were some, somewhere around 225 to 250,000 new jobs. And what is a, a very interesting pattern that people have noticed is that, as we saw in this report, they keep revising the previous numbers down. <laughs> so, like, they'll, So they'll have this jobs report, oh, we got 220 thousand jobs that added in the month and then a month later they come back and they're like oh yeah actually it was 77,000 uh less than that um so uh, so what what you've got here is job growth in the u.s slowing not just in june but through the first six months of
2: this year it's weird too because you have the whole biden team out sort of campaigning across the country touting bidenomics (laughs) Seriously, that's the best they could come up with. And so Joe's in South Carolina, and apparently there was something wrong, he thought, with the podium. And, and he was trying to like, kick it around, but you couldn't understand what he was saying. It got off to a very rough start. What?
3: You know what s- he's going to stand on? Stand here, I think, is what he said.
2: Okay.
0: Thank you, thank you, Do you remember what I'm to stand in. It's not working
2: not working where's
0: he gonna go all right maybe i stand on uh, i'll be, uh, be six four
2: and then people just kind of start laughing mm-hmm. maybe i'll be six four yeah there were a few clips from that that had people scratching their heads a little bit you know
0: restore some it matters the lithium power components like our like, the, like it's going to be taken to be made of redwood mineral. Excuse me, preliminary material. here, Charles, the company's making the largest investment in the
2: state of, in the history of the state. Okay, a couple of things. One, yeah. that's the president of the United States. Yeah. Can we get a sound system that works? Well, <laughs> I, mean, I know <laughs> There are times, like, if a band is playing and the people at the soundboard can destroy a singer, you still have to have a good singer. Yeah. Okay? And this is Biden. I understand that. But the audio is not very good to begin with. Mm -hmm. And then he's muttering through something that you can't tell what he's saying. Yeah. I I think he's talking about lithium production and
3: something. But then he forgets what lithium is used for. And, yeah, the guy – remember, it's a stutter. Okay? No, it's not. No, it's a stutter. That's what we've been told. You know what I... Okay, hold on a second. I'm sorry. This is total ADHD theater. Go but right ahead. I saw this, I'm going to try to pull this up. It was an old story about uh, how Joe Biden claimed he got over his stutter. Oh, really? This is in 1987. Okay. Uh, in the past, Biden has... Uh, told reporters that he proved he had beaten the problem with a speech that was the hardest he ever delivered in his life. 1961 high school commencement speech late last month, though, during an interview while on a campaign swing in Iowa, Biden talked about how uh, that long ago speech, characterizing it as a welcome speech that he delivered to the graduating class. But the school's 1961 press release from that day makes no mention of Biden's contribution nor did any of a half dozen people who attended that graduation recall such a a speech. They even talked to the valedictorian of the class who said, hey, I'm the only student who spoke there.
2: Dude, the guy's (laughs) lied about so many different things. Everything. Yes. Well, you forget. I mean, he was ripping people off, ripping off speeches. And he got nailed for it when he ran for president, you know, decades ago. And people just forget about it. But more on that a little bit later. There is a huge story that again legacy media is completely ignoring. Yeah. And I'm glad that you're the one to explain this because man it's deep in the weeds, but when you figure out what's going on it's fascinating. Yeah, one of the first people to contact
3: the feds about Biden's corruption is on the run. Uh dropped a crazy video detailing what's going on. New York Post had it first. Uh this is Dr. Gal Luft, he's an Israeli professor. Uh, In March of 2019, ahead of Joe Biden's presidential campaign announcement, he met with federal investigators in Brussels to talk about his knowledge of Joe and Hunter Biden's business deals with foreign governments. And as he explained, he wanted to try to avoid knowing that Joe Biden was going to be running for president, wanted to avoid uh, any sort of uh, repeat of a Russian collusion type thing. Mm -hmm. Trump, he's like, hey, I just got to get this out of there. Six different people from the federal government, from the DOJ, met him in Brussels, and he did this interview with them and told them what he knew about Joe and Hunter's business arrangement.
2: Especially with that Chinese energy company, because he was also part of that.
3: Yeah, CEFC is that company's name. Um, He didn't hear anything back from them after this meeting. He was, however, earlier this year, indicted for arms dealing making false statements and failing to register as a foreign agent. He denies all of those allegations and says he was only hit with them because he was about to be testifying about Biden's uh, Biden's bribery scheme in the House of Representatives.
2: That is fascinating. All right, listen to this.
4: Let it sink in. I, who volunteered to inform the U.S. government about potential security breach and about compromising information about a man vying to be the next president. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm now being hunted by the very same people whom I informed and may have to live on the run for the rest of my life. Just think about it and ask yourself, who is the real criminal in this story?
2: Yeah. Well, and I think even if you came to the conclusion, you know what, I don't know if I trust this guy. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, he was corrupt and he's just trying to claim whistleblower status to get the stink off of him, whatever the claim might be. Okay, there is a lot to what he is saying. Okay, and part of it is that Joe Biden, who said, I never talked with my son Hunter about any business dealings. This guy says, no, Joe was actually at a meeting with the Chinese energy company representatives at the Four Seasons after he was vice president, just a couple of months after Trump took office. There's a lot to it. Mm -hmm. and legacy media just completely ignores the whole thing yeah well i mean he's no michael avenatti the creepy poor lawyer
3: i mean yeah it is kind of remarkable here because i'm with you i don't i don't necessarily know what to make of a lot of these allegations it seems to back up what a lot of other people have said who are in a position to know and then also and it seems like most of his career, this guy had a great reputation. Yeah, and, and part of what he said was, "Hey, if everything's above board, then unseal my indictment. Yes, uh, make it public, and also make the meeting notes public. Uh, that from from that meeting that we had all those years ago in Brussels. Wow, because that that could really easily back up or or refute his claims." If we knew what the content of that meeting was from somebody else.
2: Think about all the Russian collusion stuff. Right. Okay, how it was covered. This is a story. Even if your NBC's of the world actually said, okay, there are some things here we can't verify. This is what this guy is saying. But these allegations are huge. That at the least, but they won't do it because they have cover. Mm -hmm. They're running cover for the president, Mm -hmm. which is wild. Okay, more on that a little bit later. You're telling me, David, that Rudy Giuliani's back in the news? Yeah. Well, he has decided
3: that he's ready to solve the White House cocaine caper. <laughs> and somebody left a baggie of cocaine in the White House.
2: Rudy's going to?
3: Rudy, Rudy decided to slightly sober up, roll out of bed, and he showed up on Newsmax saying, listen, it's not that complicated to find out who left the cocaine. I would think that's probably
2: true. Why don't, Why don't they appoint me? <laughs> and give me a couple of uh, of um, lie detector analysts, and a couple of a couple of forensic experts, and I'll catch them. Uh, first of all, uh, I will first figure out everybody that went through that area. Well, yeah, it is not heavily trafficked. That's absurd. That, uh, that lying <laughs> press secretary made it sound like it's Grand Central Station. Well, yes, there's no cameras. Give me a break. Of course, there are people that come in there. It's a waiting room, but uh, it's not heavily trafficked. But you can you can narrow that waiting room down to what 100 people. And my God, you give me a couple of New York City detectives, we'll get this thing figured out. <laughs> <I> mean, maybe <laughs> like, they should by the day. Let
3: let Rudy go in there. I you know I I just I find it really hard to believe. And, and as we talked about this week, the biggest tell to me is that the White House cannot definitively come out and say. Listen, I know there's been a lot of talk about the president's son because he's had past troubles. Yeah. We can tell you for a fact he was not in that area of the White House. Absolutely. You could verify that yep. in a couple of hours by going through surveillance footage. They are definitely worried that it might have been
2: Hunter's cocaine.
3: Or they know for a fact that it was Hunter's cocaine and they're just waiting for this
2: thing to blow over. I think you're right, man. It's one or the other. Might as well put Rudy on it. <laughs> Just tell him to do that hair dye job a day ahead of time. Right, exactly. Let it dry fully. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. or at least 12 hours something. <laughs> All right, much more to get to. Oh, this whole thing with Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and Twitter suing Meta. Do they have a case? We get to that whole story and much more coming up. <laughs> All right. Good on to Dan Camp and Roddick show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out today. Plan on being back on Monday. Okay. I guess this is getting interesting. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, as you call him, David. Yes. Elon Musk. A little battle. Mm-hmm. Twitter and Meta. Of course, that's Facebook, Instagram, and now Threads, which is like a Twitter ripoff. Yes, it is. And that's what Elon Musk is saying. It's a ripoff. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. So Twitter sent a letter. To Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg this week, threatening legal action for what Twitter says is theft of protected intellectual property and trade secrets by Threads. So, if you heard the news, Threads said they, what, signed up 30 million users in the first 24 hours a oh, couple yeah. days ago? Now, it made a big splash. And it's going to be, you know, competition now for Twitter, which Legacy Media loves because they don't like Elon Musk. You know, he's for free speech. Can't have that. Yeah. So Musk wrote in a tweet, competition is fine. Cheating is not. And he also attached in that tweet a letter that Musk attorney Alex Spiro sent to Zuckerberg. Um, He said that the company has serious concerns that Meta Platforms has engaged in systematic, willful and unlawful misappropriation of Twitter's trade secrets and other intellectual property. Hmm. Okay. now, as far as the laws go in a case like this i'm not quite sure not an expert in that area but i'll just read you part of it david and give me your take said over the past year meta has hired dozens of former twitter employees twitter knows that these employees previously worked at twitter that these employees had and continue to have access to twitter's trade secrets and other highly confidential information that these employees owe ongoing obligations to twitter And that many of these employees have improperly retained Twitter documents and electronic devices. Mm -hmm. So with that knowledge, Meta deliberately assigned these employees to develop in a matter of months Meta's copycat Threads app and the specific intent that they use Twitter's trade secrets and other intellectual property in order to accelerate the development of Meta's competing app, which is in violation of both state and federal law, as well as those employees' ongoing obligations to Twitter. So I guess it's saying, okay, you worked at Twitter. You may have been fired, but you had the trade secrets. And probably per contract before, you can't just share those with people. No, I mean especially like if
0: you're
3: talking tech manufacturing, I mean even radio in some circumstances. Yeah. Um there's a lot of things when you're signing that employment contract or agreement whatever it looks like. Uh, you can't take them across the street. You can't take certain strategies or certain knowledge across the street and just apply it there. Um, and usually, employers are pretty specific about it. And it's not a statute of limitations type thing. It's no, this is ours. You can't steal it. So what do you
2: think's going to happen?
3: They may have if they have the evidence. I mean, if there has been a lot of people from Twitter going over who are in key positions in developing this particular app. Mm-hmm. or this particular product, then I think they do have a case if they can if they can, you know, if they have enough evidence there. Um and I, I don't know, to me it just sort of seems like uh Zuckerberg is realizing that the metaverse is something that nobody wants. They've sunk a ton of money into this like virtual reality world that they've built and nobody uses it. Nobody wants it. Yeah, they lost a lot of money last year. And and it's a clunky product to begin with. You know, getting all the gear is expensive. Nobody's gonna do it. So you make a little splash here and you can go back to data harvesting, because that's always the that's really the name of the game with most social media, if not all of social media. It's not about providing a platform where people can share ideas and whatnot. <laughs> no, it's about right. being able to package people's data to make
2: uh, customer profiles for advertisers. Yeah, monetize it. Mm-hmm. That's well, why it's free. Have, yeah, people have pointed out online. This is what Zuckerberg's always done. Yeah. Take somebody else's idea, steal it, Yeah, monetize it, which is pretty interesting. And you were mentioning, I didn't realize this, because I'm not signing up for threads, but that once you do, you can't sign out or you lose your Instagram account. Is that how it works? That, well, I, that's
3: what was being reported yesterday. I think Wired reported it, that initially if you wanted to deactivate your Threads account, it would take down your Instagram as well. Because as I understand it, it's, it's basically an extension of Instagram. Okay. So it, it's, not like, it's not like you can have a Facebook profile and an Instagram or, or an Instagram account. You can have one or the other. But I I guess if you have an Instagram account, you can open up your Threads account. And if you want to delete one, you got to delete the other, which means Mark Zuckerberg owns you yet again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's something, man. Um, Entertainment news. Uh, There is a band that has announced a farewell tour. It's called The Long Goodbye. Mm Mm-hmm. And a lot of people thought maybe they shouldn't have even toured again after one of the founding members and one of the singers died. We're talking about...
5: Eagles!
2: Yes, thank you, John Fetterman. It's, it's the Eagles. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it is, yes. The Eagles announced a farewell tour called The Long Goodbye. It's in the early planning stages. Only fall dates right now with Steely Dan. Okay, and just tell me what your reaction is, because maybe this is fine. I, I, once Glenn Fry was gone, I, yeah. I thought they should have hung it up. That's, I mean, that, yeah, I, I
3: agree with that. It just feels weird, and I, I'm just wondering, like, does Don Henley not have enough money at this
2: point? You wonder, man. I mean, come on. You, the Eagles have had a miraculous 52-year odyssey, performing for people all over the globe, keeping the music alive in the face of tragic losses, upheavals, and setbacks of many kinds. Our long run has lasted far longer than any of us ever dreamed. But everything has its time, and the time has come for us to close the circle. This is our swan song. Mm-hmm. But the music goes on and on. I'm sure a lot of people are going to go. Oh, definitely. You, come on. I know, man. It doesn't feel good to me. Okay, why did the government let a Chinese spy operation exist as a charity? This is a good question we'll try to tackle next. I'm Jamie Martin, Gen X. David Van Camp the millennial, sexy boomer, treating himself to a beauty day. That's Scott Robbins. Okay. This is a crazy story, man. Yeah, um, I'll let you set it up because it's deep in the weeds. Yeah, so there's this guy. His name is Dr. Gal
3: Luft. He's an Israeli professor. Um, and he had done some business with the Bidens, specifically dealing with a Chinese firm called CEFC. And in 2019... When he learned that Joe Biden would be seeking the office of the presidency, he called the FBI and said, hey, I got to let you know some things about the business arrangement that Joe Biden had with his son, Hunter, and and the entire crew. Uh, And so the DOJ sent six representatives to Belgium to meet with him and get his statement. This is, again, 2019. Mm -hmm. And he never heard back from them. Well, he was supposed to be testifying in front of the House of Representatives as a whistleblower because what's being alleged is bribery. Correct. With Joe Biden and foreign officials. Uh, But he did get uh, indicted. He is alleged to be an arms dealer. Mm -hmm. uh, And also, what was it? Uh, He was. Making false statements And he failed to register as a foreign agent They say he was acting as a representative Of that Chinese controlled energy company CEFC He says well that's not true We did some business together I wrote an op-ed In favor of some policies But I was never compensated For that Um, And anyway he brings up an interesting Point about one of the Domestic operations of this Company that he had worked with Roll it.
4: The U.S. government claimed that I acted on behalf of CFC, and therefore I'm a foreign agent. But let me tell you a little secret. The same CFC that the U.S. government claims was associated with a Chinese intelligence and, quote, an international criminal organization was a 501c3 charitable organization registered in the state of Virginia and approved by the IRS. How could that be? The same organization was also a major donor to the Clinton Foundation and Columbia University.
2: Really? Interesting. The plot thickens.
4: Needless to say that none of their executives were charged for any wrongdoing. Hmm. If CFC was indeed a foreign entity tied so closely to the PRC, why was it allowed to operate freely as a public charity?
2: Well... I mean I don't have the definitive answer to that but if you go back to what different people have said over time, one thing about the Chinese Communist government that they figured out a while back is you know it's a lot cheaper to buy off politicians and companies in the United States than we ever dreamed right like five million here seven million there maybe just you know 1.3 million over here and we can buy influence pretty easily It's what it reminds me of yeah just hearing that Wow. And again, Legacy Media completely ignoring what this guy is saying because he makes this video. He's on the run. Yeah. But he could still cooperate from remote locations. Dude, this is spy movie stuff. Yeah, it's just reality. And the fact that you have a media that doesn't want to pay attention to it, that's just covering for the Biden family is really
4: something.
3: Yeah, it is. And, And it may be because he's getting a few pages ahead in the script. I mean, it could be that in a few months, you know, we start hearing reports of, hey, you know what? This guy is actually kind of credible. And, wow, breaking news from the New York Times. He actually is onto to something. He's got the goods. Unreal.
2: It's unreal. You know, and speaking of China and things that happen there that we all know about, but it's not in the news every day and you just kind of forget about it. Like, I don't know, organ harvesting. You know. What it's reported, how many are forced to have organ transplants every year in China? It's 60,000 to 100,000. Golly. So Representative Michelle Steele, who is a Republican from California, and Neil Dunn, Republican from Florida, um, called on Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Now, he's not going to do anything. We know that. But they said to him, hey— we really need to take immediate action to prevent anyone participating in this $1 billion forced organ harvesting industry from receiving legal entry into the United States or to revoke visas for those already in the United States who are linked to this. Mm-hmm. And so I'm reading this piece from Real Clear Politics and I'm like, okay, what exactly does that mean? So in the letter, they're expressing concerns about You know, the communists in China um, harvesting organs from minorities, Uh, the Uyghurs, Tibetans, Muslims, and Christians who have been wrongly detained in China. It says evidence suggests that some medical practitioners in China are forcing organ harvesting procedures on the most vulnerable populations in China. And a lot of times the pipeline is the United States. Mm Mm-hmm. American institutions are documented to have trained 344 of China's transplant doctors. Holy smokes. Did you know that? I mean, there's a lot of of
3: Chinese nationals who come uh, here for university training and uh, medical training and things like that. Yeah.
2: So it's not like a stretch to know that's happening, but to actually see it with a number like 344? Yeah. Wow, man. And as the story goes um you know this comes as the Biden administration continues its efforts to repair its strained relations with China which are at the lowest level in decades over disputes relating to Beijing's aggression against Taiwan Chinese spying technology and various trade disputes and you know who's there right now Treasury Secretary uh, yeah. Janet Yellen yeah Janet Yellen is over
3: there they they've gifted her with a gigantic bag of Werther's originals too <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> who is saying, we don't want to decouple. We want to be able to work together. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure China loves that. Person that got confused about bottlenecks, if you remember. Why
0: bottlenecks <laughs> that have affected our economy badly, <laughs> that I didn't at the time didn't fully understand. But we recognize that now.
2: I didn't understand inflation. Mm-hmm. I'm sure China will be happy to talk with me because they know I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Golly, man one thing after another. And it, the overarching thing to me is, and I know it sounds tinfoil, hatty, but we've said it for a long time, is if all that's true, and I think it probably is, Biden's compromised by China, Ukraine. Who knows who else? Yeah. Why do we make the decisions we do? Dude, anybody remember COVID? <laughs> We have no interest in getting to the bottom of that. Nope. And punishing anybody for it. It's... I know. It's a broken record. It's crazy. It's insane. we got to move on. It's that time of the show. Going around, figuring out, well, it's not the biggest story, but it caught your attention, so it's certainly worthy. David, today,
3: what's your story? All right. so last week, a guy in Houston, Texas, was found unresponsive outside of a church. He had cuts and bruises all over his body. Uh, The cops went and got him. He was hospitalized. It turns out He was a guy who had been missing for eight years. Eight years? His name is Rudy Farias. He was uh, first reported missing when he was 17. He was out walking the dogs and uh, went missing. There was an extensive search for about a week, and then they couldn't find him. The cops would follow up occasionally uh, to try to, you know, they they do that from time to time to try to see if there are any new leads, figure out where he went. But the story just got weirder because not only did he just show up randomly outside of a church— But family members and activists are saying he was never actually missing. Keisha Ross and her family told uh, Houston ABC affiliate KTRK that he was living with his mother the entire time. They said, yeah, we saw him as recently as a few weeks ago. Said he used to come in my garage, chill with my cousin, son and daughter. That boy was never missing. Uh, Some are claiming that he was actually abused by his mother during the time that he was missing, Uh, and the cops, as it turns out, have actually talked with him over the years when they've gone to check in. They didn't know it was him because he and his mom used false names.
2: What? How's he still missing?
3: That's a great question. (laughs) Well, he doesn't say he's who we think he is.
5: (laughs) Oh,
2: my goodness. Wow, that's something. Okay. All right. Without Robbins today, um, my story is, uh, well, I got a different couple we could go with. We'll just go with this. Um, You're not going to see it in too many places, I don't think. Cannabis is linked to mental illness. Wow. That's from the Wall Street Journal. Mm -hmm. Now, is that something that comes as a surprise to you, David? I mean, everything has a limit that you can hit. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it's those that abuse the drug, yeah. more likely to be diagnosed with depression and bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been a push for a long time to say, hey, just lay off people that just want to smoke their weed, man. Just let it be. Let's legalize it, monetize it. Then all of our problems are solved because we can pay for everything. Yeah. yeah. Of course, it doesn't quite work that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're finding out um, more and more that there are long-term effects to smoking weed that are not good. Um you know, they tell the story about, you know, legalizing it in the state of New York. Several studies have shown that chronic cannabis use is linked to um, higher incidence of schizophrenia, especially among men in their early 20s. That's when the disease is usually diagnosed. First paper on it, Swedish study, and this has been published years back now, found that heavy cannabis use was associated with a six-fold increase in schizophrenia risk. Had you ever heard that before? Uh not not to that extent, no. Sixfold. Yeah. And that that had been out there for a while. Now a new long term study has examined the medical records of all citizens of Denmark over the age of sixteen. Some it's over six million people for patterns of diagnosis, hospitalization, and treatment for substance use. This goes between nineteen ninety five and twenty twenty one. And this was in JAMA, the journal. Mm-hmm. Uh for kids show that people who had previously been diagnosed with cannabis use disorder were almost twice as likely to be diagnosed later with clinical depression man yeah it's one of those things man where it seems like oh it's harmless Mm -hmm. what's the big deal you old people just kind of freak out about it no there's some real dangers there
0: Mm -hmm.
2: you know Do you get scared about uh, hearing these stories after your college years, David? I'm just curious. No,
3: I've been managing my schizophrenia very well for the last few years.
2: You still won't let me hear any of the songs you wrote when you were 21 years old. No. I want to see the lyrics, man. How much money is it going to take? A million dollars. (laughs) Start the GoFundMe today. Okay, what is the story with Elon Musk signing a pledge to China's core socialist values? What does that mean? We get to that much more. Coming up right in. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today. Should be back on Monday. All right, David, what's the story with Elon Musk in China? Now uh, This is really
3: disappointing. So the Chinese authorities, they were a little upset. At electric vehicle automakers Because they had uh, Slashed their prices last year To try to choke out competitors That were smaller Okay. And really you're talking about State controlled enterprises And they're saying hey wait a minute You're undercutting our revenue So we don't want you to do that Sign a pledge And part of the pledge Involves vowing to uphold Core socialist values And Tesla CEO Elon Musk Was the only non-Chinese firm to sign that letter
2: yeah that is disappointing yeah
3: because well I mean Tesla does a lot of business in China you can never really forget that when you're talking about Elon Musk
2: yeah well in so many ways (laughs) you want you want to really like everything about Elon Musk but it's things like this that keep you from doing it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean I don't have appreciation for him purchasing Twitter Because I think we found out so much from the Twitter files. Yeah. And he's done a lot of good things, at least in my opinion, with Twitter. um, Because he is making a stand for free speech. But yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think he thinks when the... Because he knows what the reaction is going to be from people. Oh, I, I don't think he cares.
3: And, you know, not necessarily being a slam on him. I'm just saying that, remember that Elon Musk is not on... Your side, my side, or anybody else's side. Elon Musk is on Elon Musk's side. Yes. And that business really depends on uh, access to the Chinese market in order to succeed.
2: But if it's all about him all the time, why does he buy Twitter? Why does he buy that headache?
3: Yeah, I think because he likes doing stuff. Okay. It's entertaining for him. That could be.
2: When you've got everything else yeah. and you've got SpaceX and it's doing very well. It's like yeah, I could do this. It's just billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. I could do it. So what? <laughs> right. To do whatever I want. I don't know. Something I can't relate to. Obviously, um, man. see, <laughs> so, so you get deep in the weeds. I just saw this story. I heard about it earlier. Um, actually from Daily Wire about a study that was done. It was not peer reviewed yet. But at the Lancet. Remember the Lancet was so highly respected in yeah. the medical world. I and mean, you make it on the Lancet. I mean that they don't just put out bull crap on the Lancet, mm-hmm. but it wasn't peer-reviewed yet, but it was this review of 325 autopsies after COVID vaccination. People were wondering, did the vaccination have to do with these people's deaths? And yes, it's rare and all that, but did that happen? And in that study, it found that 74% of the deaths were caused by the vaccine. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's that's a big deal. That paper was up there for less than a day, gone. <laughs> All of a sudden, gone. Yeah. Well, we'll published an
3: unverified letter claiming that uh, there's no way that COVID came out of that lab in right. Wuhan. But hey, any anybody trying to look at what was it 300? So 74 percent of the 300 of these, yes, 325 people. autopsies. Yeah.
2: Yes. Okay. That's how it gets peer reviewed, isn't it? You'd think, yeah. I mean, you know, you got to
3: have people look over it. And I, did yeah. they did they give any explanation as to why it got pulled down? Not that I've seen.
2: No. I mean, again, I'm not saying that it was peer reviewed. That's that's just part of yeah. the process. But that's how they they get up there. You know that that's not you know out of the norm for papers like that to get put up there. But it is out of the norm for them to be taken down within yeah. a day. Uh, so I should hang on to this uh, for when Robbins is back, because on a lighter note, somebody put out the 10 signs you're still a kid at heart. And I he checks a lot of these, man. Yeah. Um, Like, you are nostalgic for old toys or products from when you were a kid. That's one of the signs. His is current products. But, uh, yeah, he says he's a collector, like though. Yeah. I'm also guilty here. Um, quote movies and shows from when you were young. Yeah doesn't everybody <laughs> if that's wrong i don't want to be right this is the markley van camp and robin show
0: are you ready
1: jamie markley david van camp and scott robbins
0: Should we just become best friends yep.
1: making sense of it all oh i get it and having some fun lighten up francis this is the markley van camp and robin show <laughs>
2: The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today. He'll be back on Monday. Man, this is a big story. Again, not covered by legacy media. I guess we shouldn't be surprised at this point. No, but this is a big deal, man. It, it really is.
3: You have a whistleblower talking about Biden involved in a bribery scheme involving foreign entities. Uh, this is Doctor Gal Luft. In March of 2019, when he found out that Joe Biden was going to be running for president, what this guy said was, hey, wait a minute. I was kind of in the room when there were some maybe uh, meetings with Chinese uh, businessmen. Mm-hmm. And Joe Biden was part of these conversations. And I need to let the feds know, hey, you might want to get ahead of any allegations here uh, or maybe just vet this a little bit better. So he organized or, or asked for a meeting, and he got a meeting, and six people from the federal government uh, went and met him in Brussels, and they talked, and he laid out the allegations. Never heard from him again
2: until recently. How could that be? Oh, that's, that's well, very we know it's a deep state thing, but it's <laughs> right. crazy when you really think about it. Yeah, This guy could be compromised and he's running for president. You should know this. Yeah. Okay. I mean, hey, this isn't
3: the Hillary Clinton campaign. I don't know, passing along fake information that everybody knows is fake and opening up an investigation into Russian collusion, right?
2: (laughs) Yes, and lying. Yeah. Lying about it so you can get more investigations going. Yeah. Uh, And so
3: he didn't hear from the feds until he was arrested in Cyprus. And he's being charged, apparently, uh, with allegations that he is an arms dealer. He denies that. I don't know if that's true or not. I I haven't seen the evidence for it. Um,
2: And he's saying, go ahead, show the evidence. Yeah.
3: Uh, Also, uh, making false statements uh, during this 2019 interview. Uh, And also failing to register as a foreign agent. All of these allegations, he says, are are trumped up. And really what it comes down to is he's being charged for blowing the whistle on the Bidens. They're trying to find any allegation or any charge they can make against him to shut him up.
2: Man, you think about it, too. How much that Chinese energy company tied to the Communist Party was paying Hunter Biden per month. 100 grand per month. And the uncle, which is Joe's brother... Jim, James Biden, was getting what, another 60, 65 grand a month? I mean, it's, and it ties right to them. But there's no curiosity from legacy media on this. Wow. Mm-hmm. So he's telling the story now. He makes this video and it's out there. And I thought he chose the right person to give it to, Miranda Devine from the New York Post, yeah. because she had broke this story to begin with back in 2020. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's what he said
4: Why was I in Brussels to begin with? Was I there to eat Belgian waffles? (laughs) The DOJ charged me for making a statement in a voluntary meeting that would have never come to bear if not for my good citizenship. Okay. So let me propose an idea. Sure. Why won't the DOJ make my indictment public? Do it. Mm -hmm. Make my day. Put it on your website so that every American can see the nature of the allegations against me. The quality of the evidence and the length the government is willing to go to weaponize the justice system.
2: Okay, not in my memory right now do I hear anyone make a play like that before. Yeah. Have I, am I
3: missing it? I'm is sure there have been, been done done before? Before. But, but yeah, if this guy's supposed to be an international arms dealer. It seems rather unlikely that he'd be saying, show me what
2: you got. Show your hand. Yeah, let everybody know this is what we have on this guy. Yeah, Because you got
4: nothing is what he's saying to punish whistleblowers like me. Hmm. I have another idea. Why won't the FBI submit to Congress the minutes from the Brussels meeting? Let everybody see what happened in Brussels. Why not? Are you trying to protect anything? Are you trying to protect anybody?
2: Yeah, because if the narrative is, right, that this guy was an arms dealer, and now he's going after whistleblower status, okay, just to protect himself, Mm -hmm. you know, make people sympathetic to him. Well, he's saying, when I met with you in 2019, release that. Yeah. Well, they won't do it. Because when was the arrest? Do we have the timeline of the arrest?
3: Uh, The arrest, well, he was formally charged earlier this year in February.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, release it. They won't do it. So at this point of the proceedings, you believe this guy? I, 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 Yeah, I think he's at least
3: as credible as you can possibly uh, be, not knowing all of the details as to what he was involved in. I mean, yeah. I see him as fairly credible.
2: That's what it seems like. Hey, you could be wrong. But no curiosity from media? No. I thought we were talking about journalists, David.
3: No, no, no. Well, MSNBC, when this guy went missing because he was supposed to testify— in front of the House of Representatives, and when he went, quote-unquote, missing, he was really in hiding. Uh, mm-hmm. MSNBC mocked Republicans for uh, allegedly having fake contacts. With <laughs> they said, oh, these Republicans, they can't even get their whistleblowers
2: straight. <laughs> well, there was that report of the missing whistleblower, and now we know who it is. Mm-hmm. It's not someone that was just made up. Wow. So you got that going on, and then you got the cocaine caper in the White House. Yeah. And there have been several people writing just how absurd this whole thing is. Because if they wanted to find out whose coke it was, they could find out. Yeah. Been many points about that. There was one at Town Hall (laughs) that basically gets to, all right, you think about January 6th, all right? They were tracking down people from any sort of video surveillance they could find. Interviews nonstop. You can't figure out whose coke that was in the White House, yeah, right there close to the situation room really yeah it's it's it is actually unbelievable and quite frankly insulting to people's intelligence, yes, I mean, from the get go, well, and then you know an official off the record saying yeah it's it's likely we may never know whose cocaine that was in the White House because you don't want to know, yeah. Now, the longer this drags on and the more
3: you hear about locations changing and whatnot, the more I think, okay, they know exactly whose it was. And it probably was the president's son. I I heard uh, our our, our colleague Jimmy uh, does some uh, producing for us and a couple of other shows uh, Mm -hmm. brought up an interesting point. And uh, I'll tie it back to uh, a few years ago when Hunter Biden uh, lied on his background check form and acquired mm-hmm. a handgun illegally and then that gun wound up getting trashed getting getting thrown in the garbage literally. Yes, the secret service got involved and ran cover for for Hunter Biden as a favor yes. to joe yes. and I have to believe that there are people in the secret service who are ticked about that who really don't like that, but they can't you know they they can't go. And, you know, there, are, there is still honor among some people. Um, they, they can't go and just uh, tell Congress about what's going on in the White House. They can't, you know, blow the whistle. They're not going to leak information at all. Um, however, Jimmy's thought was they knew exactly what that baggie was when they found it. And they probably knew exactly who did it. And they're so tired of running cover (laughs) for the crackhead screw-up son of the president that instead of going, hey, man, Mr. President, uh, tell your kid to knock it off with the cocaine in the White House. Right. They instead said, suspicious white powder found. Let's get the fire (laughs) marshal here. You know, (laughs) so they get, you know, D.C. fire gets involved. All these other agencies get involved because it's a a suspicious white powder, which is doing things by the book. But certainly throwing some people under the bus.
2: That's a great take, man. That's yeah. a good theory. That makes some sense, you know? It actually does. All right. We've had it with this guy. This is we're what done. we're going to do now. We're done with this. That's funny. All right. Switching gears. This is a tragic story. Yeah. Um, I saw a little clip of this. It It's sad and so maddening at the same time. Yeah.
3: Well, there was a guy who served as an interpreter for the U.S. Army in Afghanistan. Then he fled the Taliban, uh, and he was killed by teenagers in Washington, D.C. this week. Nasrat Ahmad Yar is his name. He was working as a Lyft driver when he was shot early Monday morning, just before sunrise. He's got four kids and a wife. Oh, gosh. Uh, he served as an Afghan interpreter for a decade before Joe Biden handed the country back to the Taliban he was able to escape as Cobble fell, uh, moved to Philadelphia initially. Well, he got robbed in Philadelphia, so they moved the family to Alexandria, Virginia, in the D.C. metro. Um, and so then Monday morning, he was driving, and teenagers, four teenagers, I tried to rob him or something, and uh, one gunshot rang out, and he was killed. And a nearby camera picked up part of the shooting, namely... Uh, showing four young black males running away, talking about how they killed him. All right, roll it. He said, he he "Here, he was reaching, bro." Is is what he said.
4: You he killed him. Oh
3: my goodness! You got you got kids who are not even through puberty yet running around D.C. before sunrise with guns. Wow.
2: Well, it's because of the Supreme Court. Affirmative action. (laughs) Right. That's that's how that happens. Yeah, you can't affirmative
3: action your way out of that.
2: Unbelievable, man. You know, there was a piece today in Real Clear Politics from Kendall Qualls, a black conservative, (laughs) talking about, you know, the affirmative action decision from the Supreme Court and the left freaking out about it and how this is going to you know put people of color you know so far behind all this sort of stuff um and part of that piece he just said anyone who examines the condition of black americans objectively will see what i see a culture that has departed from its roots of family faith and education since the 1960s we have gone from 80% of black children being born into two parent homes to 80% of black children being born into single mothers or born to single mothers in 2017 Affirmative action programs cannot and will not make up for the decline of two-parent families over the last 50 years and its effects on generations of black children. And he goes on from there, basically saying, knock it off, okay, with the affirmative action, and this is why people of color have it so bad in this country. It starts with the family. I'm sure that someone will come out and say that, well, he is just a victim of white supremacy and they've brainwashed him. And now he is a tool for, you know, white supremacy, some nonsense like that. But it totally makes sense of what he's saying. Yeah, and I think the, the affirmative action issue,
3: especially now in the year 2023, is looking at the wrong end of the spectrum when it comes to lifting up any community of color, any minority community. Because by the time you're talking about college admissions, which is what the Supreme Court was addressing, mm-hmm. uh, having racial quotas doesn't address any sort of issue that is really plaguing different communities right now, which is at the ground level, at the, at the elementary school
2: level. Dude, if you've ever done work in the inner city people say you've really got to have an influence on yeah. kids when they're really, really young, a lot of times by middle school, it's too late. And I know you say, well, it's never too late, but by statistics, that is definitely true. It's just sad all the way around. All right. Much more to get to. Oh, stamp prices are going up again. Great. Um, and Fox News asking DeSantis about his lack of movement in the polls. Because Trump, I mean, it's like, what, a 30-point leader and then some. What's the deal with that? Straight ahead. The Mark McVean Camp and Roddick Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today. He'll be back on Monday. So the question came to Ron DeSantis. Hey, you're way behind in the polls, buddy. Yeah,
3: yeah, he is. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis is polling second in the Republican presidential primary. Uh, Trump is way ahead. And there hasn't been any, if it, I mean, not really on the national level at least, positive movement in the polling for DeSantis. It gets a, it gets a little bit different when you get down to – like swing states and really when you're talking about Trump versus Biden versus uh DeSantis versus Biden. Yes. That, that's where you're starting to see him gaining ground in those state level polling uh results, especially Wisconsin. But yeah, but but in terms of the uh primary, it's been a couple months and he really hasn't made a dent and in some polls he's gone backwards. Yeah. Uh, but here's this, uh, he was asked about it by Will Kane on Fox News. Okay.
5: Well, I think if you look at the people like the corporate media, who are they going after? Who do they not want to be the nominee? They're going after me. Who's the president of Mexico attacking because he knows we'll be strong on the border and hold him accountable in the cartels. He's going after me. So I think if you look at all these people that are responsible for a lot of the ills in our society, uh, they're targeting me as the person they don't want to see as the candidate. And so this campaign just started, uh, but I think it's pretty clear that I'm the guy that not only can beat Biden, uh, I'm the guy that can beat the left on all these different issues uh, because people's freedoms are under assault. We had to fight all these people in Florida. And I think of any Republican in the country, uh, I have the best record of defeating the left on issue after issue. And we'll be making that case over the next six or seven months. Uh, I'm yeah. running to win in, in January and February. I'm not running to juice polling now.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, we'll see what happens. The interesting part about Wisconsin is you still have Trump leading DeSantis by a point, mm-hmm. which is a lot closer than a lot of states. But then, when asked in this poll, who would they vote for in a head-to-head matchup between DeSantis and Trump, people chose DeSantis over Trump 57 to 41%. Isn't that crazy? It is. Well, I mean, if you take out the rest of the
3: field, I suppose, it, it everybody else kind of coalesces um, around Ron DeSantis.
2: Yes. It seems to be that way. But, we, I mean, we haven't even seen the first debate. That's not to no. what, August 23rd? No. Now, from what it,
3: what it seems like to me, and I'm not involved in either campaign, obviously, um, but what it seems to me is that the DeSantis camp is essentially setting up the chessboard, uh, getting ready to make their case, doing the groundwork, doing the legwork,
2: and we'll see what happens in the months ahead. It'll be interesting, man. By the way, stamps, prices going up again. Mm-hmm. You know how much the forever stamps are going to jump to now? How much? 66 cents No, oh, this is terrible yeah i know i hadn't paid attention to it in a while i was actually like 66 cents really okay maybe i should start buying stamps <laughs> this is the markley van camp and robin show all right biggest story of the day david biggest story of the day to me is an
3: israeli professor and a guy who used to head up a think tank about energy protection around the world is going public with bribery allegations against joe biden and his son hunter and yes media a big story man media which which went all in on michael avenatti the creepy porn lawyer is saying we don't know if this guy's all that credible though
2: but at the same time if you look at his track record he was held in high regard at least until a certain time and now the narrative is well he was an arms dealer the real yeah. arms dealer really Where? Well, show the indictment is what he is saying so we will get to that and a news update next. The Markley, Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins is out today back on Monday. All right, David, news update. Yeah.
3: So after the uh, ruling a week ago from the Supreme Court dealing with affirmative action and college admission saying, hey, colleges, you can't uh, use race as a, as a basis for Accepting people into a university that's racist, we're not going to allow that. And, of course, Asian students, Asian-American students, were the ones really pushing for this because they were getting hosed. Yeah, they brought forth the lawsuit. Yeah. The Nation, a uh, left-wing news outlet, has the headline now, Asian-American conservatives have become key allies of white supremacy. Yes. There we go. I'll tell you, man, you got Asian-Americans... Uh, Latinos, uh some black people, and Muslim children, yep, all in the last month or so, described as white supremacists, correct. the point has been made by uh well a Twitter account called the Rabbit Hole that white supremacists are officially more diverse than antifa. <laughs>
2: they know how to wield their spells on so many different people. How the unsuspecting. <laughs> it's unreal, dude. It really is. You know, on that, before we get to the other story about this whistleblower, um, the crew at Morning Joe was sort of melting down over Supreme Court decisions. Mm-hmm. The recent ones, including the one you just mentioned. And, you know, no, we're not going to do the student loan bailout why should someone else pay for somebody else's student loans? It doesn't make any sense. And we'll pick it up. This was Willie Geis and some of the other people on the panel, because you have some that are actually on vacation. Um, but talking about all this, it's just hilarious in a way. And a
1: recent NBC News poll that asked if voters supported President Loan's student loan forgiveness plan showed 44% say it was a bad idea versus 43% in favor.
2: Okay. And this is not good news because the new polling out with younger voters, they're yeah. not going for the Democratic Party the way they used to. Mm-hmm.
6: Uh-oh. The larger question of what it says about our politics is pretty depressing, as we've been saying uh, this morning, um, some depressing news to parse through, because it suggests that there's not much trust in the system. And this is a generation of of kids, of people, young people, who have been failed, um, as you said, you know, by the failure of gun control, climate change, and now the collapse of the Democratic coalition. It seems, or or the risk of it.
2: Can you make sense of that? That okay, that's
3: Mara Gay, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, with the New York Times. I think this is the woman who claimed that. Because Michael Bloomberg spent three hundred million or three hundred fifty million dollars on his presidential campaign, that instead he could have given every American a million dollars. Oh yeah, her math is kind of kooky. Math is not great. She actually is a pretty stupid person. But okay, so math is racist. Math is racist. Yes. So I. So is she really equating? The So in her world, right, climate change is this catastrophic event. We're all going to die in 10 years or whatever, right? Yeah. So she is actually saying that a lack of trust in the Democrat Party among younger people, am mm-hmm. I getting this right? I think so. Is akin to a cataclysmic event that will destroy humanity. Yes.
6: She's an idiot. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. I think there's another 10 seconds of her, if you can hang
6: um, with the rise of fascism. So it's suppressing <laughs> times. And I think we need those voters back in this system. We need a competitive system. And you can't just lose an entire generation of voters.
3: You done, you've done it. What, what do you think is going to happen? Because you've lied to people. What, what, do, you, what do you think is going to happen when you have a generation of kids who know someone or are someone who was tricked into getting sex change surgery
2: at 15.
3: What do you think is about to happen to the Democrat Party?
2: Yeah, that's a great point, man, because that's coming. It's already started in some ways. Okay, moving on. Let's get to the whistleblower story.
3: Yeah, this is a wild story. There's this guy named Dr. Gal Luft. He's an Israeli professor. He headed up a a think tank in D.C., uh, which uh, purportedly uh, came up with ideas to protect energy around the globe. Well, he was also in on some meetings involving Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, specifically
2: with a Chinese energy firm called CEFC. Well, and dude, Biden has said so many times, I knew nothing of any of my son's business dealings with anybody. We didn't discuss them. Discuss them. You're at the meeting at the Four Seasons.
3: Yeah. And so he he is saying he puts Joe in the room during some of these conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, which at the very least shows that Joe Biden lied, really, about not having any knowledge of his son's business deals around the world. Um, well, he is out on the run now, uh, and he laid out this story in this video as to what the timeline has been. In 2019, he contacted federal law enforcement and said, hey, Joe Biden is thinking about running for president. I want you to know that there may be something there with regards to potential bribery or malfeasance influence peddling all of that and i was in the room when some of this stuff went down and i want you to know about this yep well they never got back to them they met actually with uh federal officials in brussels in 2019 and
2: never heard back And then Uh, from what I heard, if I remember right, he tried to contact him again in 2020 when the Hunter Biden laptop story came out from the New York Post saying, hey, I know this to be true. They still did not want to talk to him. No, they didn't. Really?
3: Yeah. Um, And so now he's been charged with all sorts of things. Uh, He was arrested for, they're saying, arms dealing or, or having an involvement in international weapons trade. Uh, making false statements, and failing to register as a foreign agent. And that last part seems to really get under his skin, and I understand it. Because Hunter Biden skated on those charges in spite of a mountain of evidence against him.
2: Yes, he did. Roll it.
4: And perhaps the biggest question of all, why am I being indicted for FARA for a ghostwriting an innocuous article for which I received no payment, let alone from a foreign government, When the mother of all Farah cases, the Biden systemic influence peddling on behalf of foreign governments for which they raked millions, goes unpunished.
6: Yeah.
2: Well, there's no explanation. Mm -mm. And again, man, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it every time. NBC, ABC, not curious about this at all. Not going to cover it. Apparently not. It's a massive story. I mean, they can't ignore this stuff forever. And, I, you know, the Republicans are not going to back off of this stuff. The House committee. No. They're going to just keep going after every lead. I hope they do. Mm -hmm. Seems like they're going to keep on, you know, rolling on. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, big story there. Um, I don't know if you happen to see this. um, And I had this story up, and now I'm trying to find exactly where it went. Basically, it goes like this. On YouTube... You will violate the guidelines if you, quote, misgender someone. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, saying uh, they're a woman when they're a biological male. And if you call them a male misgender, you're going to get kicked off of YouTube. Yeah. But, and I didn't know this, and I'll be honest, I did not click on it. And if you have that story up, you can explain this. Okay. Well, okay. So th- this person is talking about hair removal uh yeah uh, from from yeah
3: parts of your body yeah and demonstrating it and so and i want showing it yeah. on
2: camera and that's okay for youtube
3: apparently on july 2nd a video by somebody who calls himself a gay sex educator uh had a, a, a video that said removing butt hairs using nair cream a visual guide Mm-hmm. And in the video, he exposes the wedding tackle, the anus, Duh. while demonstrating how to use these products. The The video was actually posted on June 25th. Uh, subsequently went viral as a result of disgust and backlash on Twitter. Um, and two days later, Team YouTube responded to the user who brought this video to their attention and said, hey, we reviewed it and it doesn't violate uh community guidelines they did age restricted but it didn't violate community guidelines is what they have found you said anus man yeah that doesn't violate it no really no did you know that I did not know that. Although I don't spend a lot of time searching for anuses on YouTube,
2: well, so I... you and I are in that same boat. I was in here thinking, you know, I use Twitter for work. I'm glad that I never came across the Twitter thread about this. I hadn't even heard about it until the Daily Wire story. Like, you got to be freaking kidding me! That's allowed on YouTube? But don't misgender anybody. That's yeah. hateful. That's yeah. unloving. That's going to oh, get my you cancer. Goodness. Yeah. But some freak, here's how you remove butt hair. Let me show you. Yep, that's fine. Where are we? I don't know, man. Oh, man. All right. And you have a story completely switching gears. This has to do with tooth enamel and a mummy. Yeah. How do so these go together? There
3: was an... Uh, there. There's a. It's fairly famous among archaeologists and those interested in archaeology. A 5,000-year-old... Uh, tomb in spain they exhumed this they they dug it out i think in 2008 and they assumed that it was a man that had been buried this skeleton the remains that they found they assumed it was a man because uh, a lot of cultures around that time would not have spent so much time burying a woman in such a lavish way well they did a new method of determining sex that analyzes tooth enamel and they have actually found that these remains from 5,000 years ago actually are those of a woman. Wow. Now I, now, I just had to take a moment and think. They can look at something that is 5,000 years old, analyze enamel, and say, that's a woman. <laughs> yep. We have a Supreme Court justice who can't say what a woman is because she is not a biologist. <laughs>
2: Yes. And I'll say again, where are we? That is remarkable, isn't it? It really is. And that is absolutely true, which is crazy when you really think about Tanji,
1: it. Brown, Well, you saw her.
2: Yeah, yeah. Donji Brown Jackson. <laughs> the right. president can't remember a freaking name. He can't remember a whole lot. Well, but that's, that's because he's racist, and to him, all black people look the same. Uh, well, yes, you've brought that up many times, and there's proof behind that. Poor right. kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Oh, yeah, there's that, too. All right, news update. We'll set you up with the Friday 5 next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today back on Monday. Don't know if you had a news update. I know the pylon for Kamala Harris continues. Oh, yeah? That well, was word salad again. You had it yesterday. Oh, yeah. The You brought it to the
3: show. Heard talking about culture. Yes, and how it's uh, what? Golly, I, I can't even remember how, how we can exactly. just roll it out again yeah. if you didn't hear it.
6: Well, I think culture is it, it is a reflection of our moment and our time, right? And 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 present culture is the way we express how we're feeling about the moment, and and we should always find times to express how we feel about the moment that is a reflection of joy because. Every, it, you know, it comes in the morning. <laughs> we have to find that ways to also express the way we feel about the moment in terms of just having language and, and, and a connection to how people are experiencing life. And I think about it in that way, too.
2: Okay. Now, a lot of times on Friday, we do a countdown. Yeah. Pretty much every Friday, the Friday five. Some people are saying this is the greatest word salad of Kamala's career. Ah, nah, I don't know about that. I can't go that far. I don't know about you. I just can't do it. No. That's not very good. The passage of time is is a good one. I haven't heard the passage of time. It's only 25 seconds. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably worth it. Okay, go ahead.
6: And um, talking about the significance of the passage of time, yeah. right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time yeah, there when we think about a day in the life of our children.
2: Okay. If we're to rank it, that is better. <laughs> it really is. Well, what about make possible happen? That's pretty good That's only 10 seconds
6: We have the ability to see what can be Unburdened by what has been And then to make the possible Actually happen
2: Yeah, that doesn't Come close to passage of time Mm -mm. I mean, it's good Oh, there's every day, too
6: Yeah It is time for us to Do what we have been doing And that time is every day Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down.
2: Never specifics. That is, I think that's my number one. I don't know. I still got passage of time up there. See, this is the way we do the Friday (laughs) Five. We
3: debate it. I mean, the significance of the passage of time, that that does actually sound like a rush deep
2: cut, doesn't it? A little bit. (laughs) Yes. Uh, What about, okay, someone mentioned root causes. Root causes, yeah. Uh, that one's about thirty seconds, and it, we counted this. Was root causes? Is it seven times in thirty seconds? It's, it's really good. Six what or we seven.
6: Must do to address the root causes of migration, to address the root causes, the issue of root causes is not going to be solved in one trip. To address the root causes as though it's something that can be dealt with overnight, to feel the effects of those root causes on our shores and the root causes are based on the problems and the challenges that people are facing in countries like Guatemala which is why I was there we have to address the root causes yeah.
2: okay i'm still going past the time your original number 1 is now my number 1 the and those causes
3: they run deep under the surface <laughs> similar to how roots burrow deep before sprouting <laughs> into a tree and we all love trees, right? <laughs> yeah, of course we do. Green yeah. energy, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. We got to move to the Friday Five. Got to set it up for you. Um, well, David, you know, 4th of July, we had a lot of people, it seems like, in the country, at least a few that got amplified, not liking the country at all. Talking about yeah. how it's a terrible country. We have our challenges, yes, but it's still the best country in the world. No, oh, absolutely. So we're doing songs with best in the title. That's right. Songs with best. What does it mean to be the best? We're exploring the best <laughs> in our Kamala way. All right. Songs with best in the title for the Friday 5. If you want to get in early. The number is 210-619-2053. It's the Friday 5. Best songs next. Are you
0: ready?
2: The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today. Back on Monday. It's Friday. That means our countdown that starts like this.
1: The countdown is on. You know
0: what this means?
1: It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain on the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show.
0: All right, Friday Five. Take
2: a little break from the news, have some fun, and today's countdown songs with best in the title. Why best, David?
3: Because America is the best country on earth. We've heard we've heard a lot of these uh, privileged communists go after <laughs> America. Jill Scott. Yes. Singing her rendition of the national anthem about, oh, my gosh, how terrible America is. Yeah. You know what? I think it's time. I think we just have to push it. Right. America is a great place to be. There's a reason why so many people try to come here every single year, legally or otherwise.
2: Yes. If it's so bad, you should be holding signs at the border. Don't come in. Right. Terrible place. It's the best place to live on the
3: planet. And uh, if you don't like it, then get the hell out. Unfortunately, there, there are not enough songs with get the hell out in the title. <laughs> so we decided to just go with songs with best in the title.
2: The number is two one zero six one nine two zero five three. As always, we rank them on how big a hit or how iconic is the song. Does it stand the test of time? And how much do you personally like it? I got to be honest. You and Scott had put this together
0: mm-hmm.
2: with me not around. I did not have a vote in this one. And that's okay. I don't think I would do a whole lot different with the list. Um, But Robbins is certainly a part of this. So that being said, let's get right to it. Uh, Let's
3: start off with Mary. Hey, Mary.
1: Hi, guys. Happy Hot Friday.
2: (laughs) Hey, Mary. Thanks for checking in. It is hot.
1: It is. So today I'm going to go with a band that we saw locally here one month ago, and that would be Sticks with The Best of Times.
2: Oh, yes, very good. Well done. It's a big song. I had this in my five.
3: I got overruled by uh, Scott. Wow, that is surprising to me. Because of what wound up being number five on the final list. That's
2: what Scott had ranked fairly high. Okay, and you'll know it when we get there, but the number five, honestly, and I would Homer. For that band. Mm-hmm. But I thought, man, that doesn't seem to be worthy. You know, when you're looking at songs that didn't make the five, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Now on with the countdown. Uh Let's talk with uh Bill. Hey,
3: Bill.
0: Hey, guys. Thank God. Hey, you. What's hey, I'm up? I'm up here in Sag Nasty, Michigan, up here to Governor Whitless's <laughs> control.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Whitless. That's great
0: yeah 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 but uh, in fact she just signed a law that uh if i say something that hurts somebody or hurts her feelings uh i can go to uh, it's a felony and so uh i'm trying to find an attorney general that will uh prosecute her for hurting my feelings there you go yeah Make- good idea me- making me feel afraid
3: mm-hmm. yeah that's true <laughs> i'm so- i know yeah, you're quivering so- there in sag nasty
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well it ain't too far to freedom in the north so what we, we got that to cling to um <laughs> Hey, we appreciate you guys. I was a little, a little concerned because you were filled with big shoes. To, uh, Rush Limbaugh uh, was in the time slot up here, and you guys came in behind. And I appreciate very much what you're doing.
2: Oh, nobody can that. fill that dude's shoes, man. Not possible.
0: I know he was, he was something. But it, it took three of you, and and I love the the fun that you put into the crap that we're dealing with.
2: <laughs> well, thanks, man. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so what I'm thinking, uh, I, I just I grew up in the '70s.
2: And Tina Turner, she was so hot. Simply the best. Oh, yeah. Does the song.
3: I'm honestly surprised that Scott didn't have
2: this as his number one. He likes this song, doesn't he? He does. He played at the top 40. And, I mean, if he's not here... <laughs> We're definitely going to criticize, him. <laughs> and he knows it. He's listening right now. Like, what are they saying about me, <laughs> Scott? Yeah, yeah. Trumps Trumpster, He's disappointed. Everybody, I understand. Didn't make the top five. All right, who's next? Let's talk to Dave. Hey, Dave.
1: Hey, how's it going, guys?
2: Good, Dave. Thanks for
1: checking you guys are in, man. amazing once again. Hey, I'm going to say uh, Van Halen. Uh, um, best of both worlds. Yes, sir. Number five. If we-
2: Here's why I'm surprised Mm -hmm. that Robin's had it. How many times does he say wasn't ahead of top 40? Right.
0: They didn't play it.
2: He he likes the Van Hagar
3: stuff, though, a lot. That is a pretty good song. Yeah, I I don't mind the song at all. I just, I mean, test of time, I
2: I don't hear that song very often. Not as much anymore. You know what, man? This is kind of weird. This will tell you something about my personal life. Like So, you know, you go on YouTube, whatever might be on the current feed. And sometimes it might be a Jordan Peterson clip. It could be Tucker. It could be old Van Halen. I watched some live Sammy Hagar era Van Halen last night that I had not seen in years. And it was that tour. It was the 5150 Mm -hmm. tour. Holy smokes, is that really good? (laughs) That was good to see again. Now on with the countdown, David. There you go. Let's talk to Uncle
3: Sheltie. Hey, Uncle Sheltie.
1: Yeah, gentlemen, I had a wonderful, memorable fourth. I listened to my neighborhood fireworks at 2.30 in the morning. Mm. I had a 12-pack of Schlitz malt liquor under my belt. I was just staring at my little baggie of white powder from the White House <laughs> gift shop. <laughs> All this while spreading nair down in my nether region. Oh, All I could boy. Think about was the old classic song hit me with your
2: best shot by pat benatar well man. that's a walk off uncle Schultz. yeah that, there you one. go number 1
0: why don't you hit me It's with a
3: heck best of a voice. <laughs> it really is man <laughs> hit me
0: with your best shot. a
3: away. big song really good test of time i like the song a lot Come on, yes I'm sure Robbins had that high. I think it was his number two. Van Halen was his number one. Wow.
2: Yeah. Okay.
6: Um, she had
2: a great run, man. I know it was before you were born, David. You'll remind me of that because you were born in 87. But, man, those songs, they really do hold up. It's well done. Okay, so we got Pat Benatar at number one. And we have Van Halen at number five. We've had some honorable mentions. It's songs with best in the title. And who's next? Let's talk to Greg. Hey, Greg. gentlemen, it's been a long time. Greg, thanks for making the time, buddy. Uh, You know, I thought you guys were going to go with
1: cocaine songs, so I had that in my head the whole week.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But um, I'm going to give this one out to Monica and uh, my wife.
0: And uh, you're the best. Around No one ever gonna let you down Joe Esposito
2: Okay Yes Is that Karate Kid? I believe so, yes Yes? Thought so It might be a comedy number now Maybe But that's fine It's a good memory Still fun to hear well played Yeah Yes. All right. Still looking for two, three, and four. Who's next? Let's talk to Woody. Hey, Woody.
1: Hey, guys. Love your show. Missing Scott today. The Friday Five is always better with the three of you.
2: Agree. Well, I mean, the the list itself, when Scott votes, that's a different story. But, yes, the camaraderie. (laughs) When somebody's gone, it's not quite the same. Uh my song, The Eagles, Best of My Love. Oh yes. Number three. How do you rank that, David? It was a hit. Yep. Decent
3: Sweet test of time. Yes. The I like this song, but love. I if get you told me I never had to hear love. the song again, I wouldn't be too bummed out. That's one of those. We've talked about it before, that middle ground where I, I can recognize that. Some harmonies in it are really well done. It's a well-crafted song. Mm-hmm. But, so I appreciate it for what it is. It's just not my favorite Eagles song. So my personal it, like was a little bit lower than that. But I, I think that was Scott's number two.
2: Okay. Um, I thought I thought it was odd. Um, because it's, it's like this breakup song in a way. Mm-hmm. And we both see it slipping away, all of that. When I was a wedding DJ, I would get requested to play that as like a wedding song. I'm like, it bothered me. I'm like, I'll play whatever you want. But you know, <laughs> that song is, anyway, yes. Well, it's because they only hear, you know,
3: they, they only hear the, the hook of it. And they just think, oh, you got the best of my love. And they don't listen to the rest of the lyrics. I guess so. Sort of like how Paradise by the Dashboard Light was a big wedding
2: song. yeah that's a pretty good point right there
3: it doesn't make sense but yes that is true right, we got time for one more Uh, yeah I think so Uh, let's talk to uh, Mark hey Mark
2: hey happy Friday guys happy Friday Mark what you thinking today
1: hey I was thinking uh, you're my best friend by the queen and the
2: great Freddie Mercury oh there you go number two talk about tested timer oh dude you. that's a really well done song
3: man now, what else can you say about it john deacon the bass player wrote that for his soon-to-be wife yes. it gave you a hit record <laughs> happy wedding i mean like you, you just you just outdid every man on the face of the planet with that
2: yeah you know, I know this sounds like a tired old man sort of thing to say. There are some songs that are better with headphones on. Mm-hmm. The way things are panned back and forth oh, and yeah. all of that stuff. That is one of them. I would say that was cool to hear. All right, we're still looking for one more song in the, uh, in the five. We're looking for number four. It's songs with best in the title and a bunch of great honorable mentions to get to as well. The number again is 210-619-2053. 210-619-2053 it's the Friday Five. Songs with best in the title, and we'll wrap it up next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today, back on Monday. We've got to finish up the Friday Five. We've got a news update coming up in less than 15 minutes. A lot going on today. Before we get there, for the Friday five, songs with best in the title. We live in the best country in the world. Even though know, some people gripe and moan about it all the time. There's your number one. Hit me with your best shot, Pat Benatar. You're my best friend from Queen at number two. Best of my love, the Eagles at three. Van Halen's best of both worlds at five. And we've had great honorable mentions including Tina Turner it sticks. and Sticks. Now back to it, David. Right, let's start off with Bill. Hey, Bill.
0: Hey, good, good evening, guys. How you doing?
2: Great, Bill. Thanks for checking in.
0: Great Friday, man. Yeah, man, I just want to let you guys know uh, I drive for a living and uh, I'm a radio head, obviously. So
2: hmm. Friday Friday afternoon is uh, one of my favorite shows when you have got on, man. It's really good stuff. Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks, Bill.
1: So, I was thinking just a couple years ago, the Cars, she's my best friend's girl.
2: Yes, sir. Number four.
0: Here she comes again when she's to meet the starry sky. Yeah, I'll you Here she comes again when she's to meet the starry sky. You know, one of the things I really
3: like about this song again. When it comes on the radio, and if you listen to it, one, it, mm-hmm. it just it sounds way more simple than it is. The guitar work on this song is actually very impressive. Elliot Easton was a bad man, but it's but Still it's is. so understated. Yeah, you don't really appreciate saying. that until all of a sudden you hear these licks, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's actually really good. <laughs>
2: I love the part of that when it just is so simple. He
0: or she, come,
3: the yeah. whole
2: production on that yeah. is, so, is so good. All right, who's next?
3: Uh, let's talk to John. Hey, John.
0: Hello, gentlemen. How you doing?
2: Great, John.
5: How you doing, man? Good. Yeah, lo- love your show. I don't think David will know any of this old soul stuff from Gladys Knight and the Pips. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh.
6: Because you're the best thing that ever happened. To that me. ever happened.
2: I know this song. You do? Mm -hmm. I love this song. We mentioned earlier, you and Scott actually put put this list together. Yeah. And I think of best songs, there is one. And I think, Robbins especially makes fun of me for my love of Tony Bennett. Mm -hmm. Um, Not you as much, I don't think. No. Um, And I think that you probably do know this song. It's classic.
6: (laughs) The best is yet yeah. to come <laughs> And they won't it be fine
0: I love that stuff, dude
2: It's so good Alright, who's next? Let's talk to
3: Chris, hey Chris
5: Hey, how's it going, guys? Happy good, problem. Chris
2: What you got today?
0: I was, I was calling in for the, the Best of You by the Foo Fighters
2: Yeah, man, that was a big song No doubt happened to Foo Fighters the other night? What's that? No. It was like the first time they didn't play the song Everlong Live and there were people that were mad and then they were like sending messages to Dave Roll's daughter on TikTok and then the next show he addressed it and to those people and he double birded and like bleep You. Because people were like, we got married to that song. How dare you not play it? Blah, 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 blah. It's his band. He can do whatever he wants. (laughs) (laughs) People were ticked. I just thought that was
3: hilarious. All right. Now back to the countdown. Uh, Let's talk to Mitch. Hey,
2: Mitch. Mitch?
0: You there? Yeah. Yeah, Hey, Mitch. How about there?
2: Hey. Good. Yeah. What you got, buddy? Can
0: you hear me?
2: Yes, sir. Yes. Hey. How's it going, David and fellow golfer? <laughs> <laughs> it's going great, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. Hey, uh, okay. Well, the five is complete, but I do have Rush. Yes, I can.
2: Oh, that would make Robin's day. Yes. From Fly me by, me
6: now, by Night. Good
2: honorable mention. Mm-hmm. So again, your five is Van Halen, best of both worlds, Cars, my best friend's girl, best of my love, Eagles, you're my best friend, queen, and number one, hit me with your best shot, Pet Benatar. Good list. We had others if we had time, but you don't have so much time. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Okay, David, biggest story of the day. It's kind of a blockbuster. Yeah, the biggest story of the day is that
3: somebody who was intimately uh, aware and involved in some of Hunter Biden's deals with China uh, is blowing the whistle. And he says that the federal government's going after him to protect Joe Biden. Mm. He is on the run. It's, it is is a crazy story because he's been on the run for a while. Yeah, he has been. so. Uh, that seems to be a pretty big
2: story that national media is just not going to touch. No, it's deep in the weeds, and it's a gift that you have, David, to be able to make it easy to understand. All you know is Biden family is corrupt. Laying out the pieces to make it easily understandable, that's a skill that (laughs) David will provide next. Right then. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins off today, back on Monday. News update David Van Camp.
3: Well, I think this is a pretty big story, and it involves a guy by the name of Gal Luft. He's an uh, energy policy expert, um, and he has been on the run for quite some time because he is blowing the whistle, one of the first whistleblowers for the Biden family corruption. And what he is alleging is that through his contacts with a Chinese energy company called CEFC, uh, he was in on some meetings that would have involved, at the time, former Vice President Joe Biden. We're talking just a couple months after uh, Joe Biden left the White House after the Obama administration ended, and Hunter Biden being involved in this as well. And. He says he's got the goods of a bribery or kickback scheme that involved influence peddling, of course, uh, with the uh, vice president then former vice president and now current president of the United States. And he says that in 2019, he first contacted federal authorities saying that, hey, I've got this evidence about Joe Biden and this potential, Uh, bribery or at least influencing influence purchasing scheme that Biden was a part of uh the feds never really got back to him and then no they
2: have been providing cover forever
3: and then in 2020 when the story about Hunter Biden's laptop detailing uh some of these overseas business transactions among other things obviously very famously you know his uh his uh dalliances with hookers and crack cocaine and all that stuff Mm -hmm. when that laptop was made public or the knowledge of that was made public he called again saying hey i've got other evidence that you might want in connection with this well at at the time this was the it was the deputy director of the department of justice at the time the acting deputy director i should say who said oh thanks yeah okay fine Uh, Yeah, we do have your statements from a couple years ago, but uh, we're not really going to go in depth on this. We're going to provide cover for the family. And then in February, he was indicted. Uh, (laughs) Gal Luft was. They're alleging that he had some part, the feds are, that he had some part in an international drug running scheme or operation. They're also saying he failed to register as a foreign agent. Uh, because he had written an op-ed for a state-controlled uh, media outlet in China. <laughs> and they're also saying that he provided false statements. And he has uh, dropped a video. It's about 14 minutes long, detailing all of these things. And, uh, you know, I'm just giving you the broad strokes of, of, of what he is alleging here.
2: But it well, does but, And part dirt. of it is, too, man, uh, just to jump in to say, you know— it, You'd be confused hearing all of this information and say, well, okay, maybe this guy really is just trying to cover for himself. He was into some illegal stuff, and now he tries to claim whistleblower. But he's saying, as far as the indictment with me, put all the information out there. Yeah, make the indictment public. Tell everybody public. in America what you have on me. Because mm-hmm. I call BS.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's something, man. And legacy media, not all that interested in what he has to say. Not at all. Shocking. I mean NBC News sat down and had the exclusive interview if you remember with this woman named Julie Swetnick who <laughs> told a story
2: that's right
3: about at the time uh, Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. She claimed that she had direct knowledge that Brett Kavanaugh in high school took part in or helped to host gang rape parties. NBC News did a lengthy lengthy interview with her with Michael Avenatti by her side saying, this is it. Yeah, okay, Brett Kavanaugh was running gang rape parties. They took her seriously yeah. until about 48 hours later when all of her claims fell apart. But by then, the damage is done. There are still people to this day who believe that Brett Kavanaugh was running gang rape parties when he was in high school. <laughs> and they don't care. They don't care about correcting They it. don't care at all. Here you have a guy who verifiably had connections to Chinese business operations, yes. who verifiably had a connection to the Biden family, saying, this is what I know, and I would like the American people to know about this. And the federal government is going after them with everything they have. And mainstream media, nah, nah, who cares? Oh, another right-wing conspiracy theory.
2: The other thing, man, when it goes deeper into what this dude Galuf is claiming, is that that Chinese energy company, you know, is paying Hunter Biden a hundred grand a month and Jim Biden sixty five grand a month, just in exchange for use of their family name in promoting China's interests. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then you think about okay, we have a president now. I don't know if you noticed, but boy, we certainly look like a bunch of female dogs when it comes to China and what's happened over the last few years. And then this dude's claim that Hunter had a mole within the FBI and would provide any sort of information to this Chinese energy company. If any sort of heat was coming their way, Hey, I got a mole here and this is another service I can provide for your cash. Yeah. Dude, again it's the stuff of movies. But legacy media, we don't want to pay attention. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean
3: going after Joe Biden. Nah, those that's already been debunked, just like the uh laptop was nothing more than Russian disinformation. Unreal.
2: And we're uh not probably ever going to find out about whose coke it was in the White House.
3: No. No, that's going to be a mystery for the ages, right? I mean, that's something that it's impossible. One of the most secure buildings in America. There's no way, no way to know who left a bag of drugs in a little cubby in a waiting area. You have cameras all over the place. Yeah. No, it it makes absolutely no sense. And we all know whose
2: cocaine it was. (laughs) Come on. There's man. a really good chance because if it wasn't hunters, yeah. as you said before, they would have said, "Hey, any of you people saying it was, you know, the recovered drug addict, Hunter, it wasn't. How yeah. dare
3: you?" We would have heard that already. Oh, absolutely. And and you know, I, I for a minute there, and I think the location has changed since she offered this opinion. But Kaylee McEnany, Trump's old uh press secretary. Yeah. I, You know, when she made a case that I thought was at least reasonable, that, you know, you got a security officer right there, you got Secret Service right there, she does not believe that a baggie of cocaine would have been left there for 72 hours. She thought that they probably blew the whistle on it within minutes of it being left there. And then you sort of parse this out a little bit more, and that that claim kind of does fall apart, because if it was within minutes— then
2: you know who just walked through the door. Well, not only that, are you telling me it's that easy to get anthrax in there? Right. It, that just never made sense to me. And and even
3: even better yet, if Hunter Biden was last at the White House a week ago mm-hmm. and then left for Camp David with the rest of the family, then you could look at the security footage and say, okay, well, we know for a fact that Hunter Biden wasn't even in the area for days before they left. Then it's like, okay, you rule him out. Because that's the one guy that everybody wants to know, is he the guy who brought the coke into the White House? Yes. And you could rule that out pretty simply by just looking at, was he even in the area? They are at least afraid that it was hunters, if they don't know for a fact it was.
2: And, And, again, the... (laughs) It should be easy, but this story will go away rather quickly. It's already started to go away. Um, David, I do have an update on Britney Spears. Oh, yeah? And you brought this up. Uh, You know, she said she was assaulted uh, Wednesday night by a security guard Mm -hmm. for the new member of the San Antonio Spurs, Mm -hmm. Victor Wimanyama. Yeah. Okay, who is projected to be, you know, one of the greats. Mm -hmm. So they... They were both walking into a restaurant. Mm-hmm. This is the story goes called Catch. All right. Brittany wanted to say congratulations on your success. As she touched him, the security guard, this is what Brittany said, backhanded her, knocking her sunglasses off. Okay. And then you're hearing a couple of different stories of how this actually went down. One source said the guy hit Brittany's hand. Uh, same source also said Brittany was knocked to the ground. But a witness who was interviewed by TMZ said it was the guard's hand that connected with Britney's face, and the glasses flew off, but he didn't see her fall. You're getting all this stuff, but she wants um, an apology. As you've said, uh, Britney Spears, at some point, it seems, may have lost her mind. Uh, yeah, may have seen. There might yeah. be some evidence to that. Yes, and then she puts this long message on social media, saying traumatic experiences are not new to me, nope. and I've had my fair share of them. I was not prepared for what happened to me last night. It goes on. You know, I grabbed him from. I simply tapped him on the shoulder. His security then backhanded me in the face without looking forward in front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. Goes on. Now the AP is reporting: video shows Britney Spears inadvertently hit herself in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I see that I'm like okay, how did that happen? And then you get into the story and it actually says that I just saw the video. For Victor, is it he hits her hand and yes. her hand hits her own face?
3: Yeah, so so as they're going in, um as they're going into the restaurant or wherever they were going, uh she is acting kind of like crazy person she's trying to like go touch him and try to try to see this young basketball star mm-hmm. and she lifts her left hand up and you see the security guard who's not even really looking at her mm-hmm. move his hand back like to keep her away And that makes contact with her left hand, and she hits herself on the face. (laughs) Oh, man. Golly. I'm telling you, man, her reign of terror has only just begun. (laughs) I am more and more convinced that with all the talk about free Britney, the fact that her dad never really went scorched earth. I know. Defending his actions, why this conservatorship and all that stuff. That dude's probably the hero of the story.
2: I've thought that for a while too.
3: Yeah, like he's probably like you know what I uh, you know, the fact that he hadn't sat down and done like exclusive interview with Hoda Kotb on, on the Today Show or whatever, right? Detailing all of this shows that he probably does. He's
2: trying to stay quiet because he loves his daughter. That could be true. Or it's sometimes it goes back to one of the statements you've made many times on the show. They're all bad people. Well, they are all bad people. I don't want to believe that, but that's also a possibility.
3: Well, and, and Britney Spears needs to know, and I, I want to try to be as gentle as possible. Oh, boy. She's not the pop star Britney Spears anymore, at least in public. She yeah. doesn't look like the pop star. I mean, I, she's she's a beautiful woman, but she looks a little ragged. Okay. Yeah. She just kind of looks like if you if I saw her in in public, her mind
2: she still might be yeah. like this. Yeah. If I, I saw her saying. in
3: public I would just kind of think okay kind of like frazzled looking, pretty lady but I might want to cross the street. Oh boy. You know. Yeah. I mean look she, I mean she's been through a lot I
2: understand she's had some struggles. But you want her to get better that whole thing. The yeah. one thing I got to say was seeing the headline. That she hit herself inadvertently. Now I understand the security guard didn't mean for her to hit herself with anything. He was just moving her out of the way. Yeah, It wasn't like when your older brother would grab you by the wrist and make you hit yourself in the face. No. no. Like, why are you hitting yourself? (laughs) No. Stop hitting yourself. I'm not. You're controlling my arm that's hitting myself in the head.
3: Yeah, that's not what happened. He wasn't even looking at her. He was just trying to, like, create a little wall, a barrier, and she hit herself in the face.
2: <sighs> but she didn't mean to <laughs> she, I mean, just for the record she didn't mean to she's not quite that crazy, as far as we know as far as we know yes all right we got to get to another uh, news update <laughs> and nimrods of the news coming up big van camp and robin show jamie Markley, david van camp scott robbins out today back on Monday. News update David Van Camp. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan asked (laughs) about the cocaine found in the White House.
3: Jake Sullivan being one of the people who was threatening to send a very uh, sternly worded letter to the Taliban as they were taking over Afghanistan. Um, Anyway, he says, hey, look, I want you to know one thing. What? We take drug use in the White House (laughs) very seriously.
2: No. And then finally... Uh, Look, we have rigorous drug testing policies at the White House. We have rigorous drug use policies here at the White House. Mm -hmm. We take those extremely seriously. So we'll let the investigation unfold. If it involves someone from the White House, the appropriate consequences will ensue. If it involves some visitor who came in and left it, then that's a different matter uh, that raises a different set of questions that are less relevant to, to my line of work. What's his line of work?
3: National security.
2: Dude, if it was a visitor's, that means you could get anthrax through there. Yeah. That would be your gig. I mean, it, it's something like you got you to gotta
3: arrange the tour in that part of the White House like 21 days out. And you have to have a congressman. If you're I'm t- like going down the tourist line, right? you have to have your congressman uh, get the request. You got to go through a rigorous process. Uh, and get everything scheduled 21 days before you even show up. Who is going through all of that, bringing cocaine into the White House and not leaving happy. it there? No. No. We all call BS <laughs> dude. Not buying it. And with that, we go to Nimrod. When the going gets
1: tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, uh, Dean. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show.
5: I love the poorly educated.
2: All right. Nimrods in the news, we go to Chicago, night of the 4th of July, uh, a little car chase. This, is this dude, he had a 2008 Acura, but the license plate was obscured. Um, and he was actually taunting the police with the little sign he had to cover the plate that said, don't embarrass yourself, CPD, meaning Chicago Police Department. His name, Alonzo Tarrazzo, 21. When the cops tried to pull him over, he floored it, started a high-speed chase. It was a busy area. Cops said they didn't want to cause a crash, so they decided to call off the chase. But the dude still thinks they're chasing him. He's flying through lights. He crashes. Luckily for him, he wasn't hurt. Passenger of the other car not hurt, but he was finally arrested. <laughs> He'll be back out, well, tomorrow. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's the awesome. box.